Hello and welcome back to the Live, Laugh and Tough Love podcast. So um, today I am recording for the fourth time now, actually, this fat loss episode. The first two times my microphone absolutely screwed me over. Um, the first time I was actually pretty grateful because I wasn't 100% happy with it. And then the second time it happened, I was like, yes, nailed it, buzzing. Can't wait to post that. Um and my microphone died. So I actually took it as an omen. I went out and bought a microphone that I literally have to just plug into the laptop. And anyone who knows me knows I do not need an excuse to spend money. I am more than happy. <laughs> um, doesn't matter what it is. Like I have got that that shiny new object syndrome um, and I love just spending money. So yeah, fun fact. Anyway, so I've got a nice little microphone now. Um, so there's no excuse for me to not drop this episode for you. Apologies, it is um, a little bit late, but um, yeah, I was losing the will to live last week and I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Um, I will try again next time. So um, here I am. Here is the probably not very well um, awaited episode but it feels like it's been awaited for me I don't even know if that's English but do you know what it's it's a Friday today um as I'm recording this and it's been a long week I was at Reading Festival over the weekend which was really really good fun a lot of dancing a lot of singing at the top of my voice and um yeah it's a bit croaky now so um yeah anyway I'm gonna stop rambling I'm gonna crack on with this fat loss episode um so it's gonna kind of mirror a little bit the um episode that I did the last one that I did on um muscle gain but um, I'm just obviously going to be talking from a fat loss perspective I have been through multiple phases of both now both uh, muscle gain and a fat loss phase and I think that each one has got their own struggles um and I kind of wanted to break them down for you because when I was first starting out I had no idea like what it kind of took um what I was going to find difficult obviously and um yeah I just want to kind of break it down for you as best as possible there's a lot of like just information out there on the internet and hopefully this just kind of breaks it down for you a little bit better. So um, the why, the how and the mindset. Now, when we dig into why someone might want to lose weight, like if I have a client sign up and they're like, right, I want to I want to lose weight like nine times out of 10. The the deep reason why is because from an aesthetic point of view, they feel like they will be much happier just being less body fat. Um, but I do think over time it can kind of translate into a, okay, this is for my health. Like it's really important that I do this to help prevent injuries, injuries, illnesses later down the line or injuries. Um, so it kind of goes from like a purely aesthetic to, okay, I've implemented these things. They're healthier behaviors than what I was, um, doing before and I actually feel better and I'm much more focused on my health now and it's that just me prioritizing myself and having that respect for myself and looking after myself has had also a massive effect on my confidence as opposed to just wanting to look a certain way um and just chasing after that constantly so it's essentially aesthetics health confidence like there's a, a range of different reasons why someone might want to lose weight um and they're kind of like the main ones that I come across quite a lot um so from a point of view of like how do we go about it like I said if you haven't already listened to my muscle gain 
um, podcast, then it's essentially the opposite. So our body will um, expend a certain amount of energy just keeping ourselves alive, like our normal bodily functions, like breathing, um, like digesting food, even like blinking, like we're burning calories all the time. So um, from a perspective of wanting to gain weight, we would want to make sure that we were but we were eating more calories than what our body is burning so if we want to kind of maintain then we would just try and keep that seesaw uh, fairly level and consume a similar amount of calories than what we're burning over the course of time and um if we wanted to obviously lose weight we would want to make sure that our energy expenditure is going a little bit higher and our um energy consumption is a little bit lower so we're creating this deficit here so um, that can obviously be implemented in many different ways. And the way in which I kind of go about it with my clients when they come on board is we just have a look at what their current lifestyle looks like. So we'll have a look at what their um, activity levels are like, if their job is fairly active, um, if they kind of drive around a lot, if they're seated a lot, if they go on walks, if they're previously doing any form of exercise whatsoever. Um, and then I'll have a look at their food intake and I'll just kind of get a really good gauge of that. And then from that point, I will prescribe some sort of exercise and some sort of deficit from a food point of view. So you will have heard the term eat less, move more, right? So if you are someone who is currently fairly sedentary, you work from home or you might, I don't know, travel a lot for work and then you're sat at a desk. So you're fairly inactive, you come home, you splay out on the sofa, eat a load of snacks. Um, then essentially what we need to be doing is increasing your energy expenditure. Now, a lot of the time with work, if our if our role is like if it's like a desk job or we're required to be seated for an ex for example you are someone in transport and you um, are seated a lot of the day then obviously there's not a huge amount we can do from that point of view we can't just you can't just quit your job and and do something else um or you could if you if you really didn't like it you could but essentially what I'm getting at is we need to find these other pockets of time in the day where we can inc increase your energy expenditure um so looking at can you walk to work instead of drive can you get up from your desk every hour and just go for a little walk whether that be around the office or around your house like obviously a lot of us now are working from home um can we just increase our energy expenditure just in our day-to-day -day life as opposed to being like right I need to lose weight. I'm going to get myself to the gym six days a week. Um, and this is how I'm going to go about it. Like people really overestimate the power of like four one hour gym sessions a week. And they underestimate the rest of time throughout that week. Um, and I think sometimes we actually need to scale back and be like, OK, how can I just make myself a little bit more active? Um and essentially like the whole eat less move more movement it's true like we do need to um increase our energy expenditure we do need to kind of scale back from a calorie perspective but it doesn't necessarily mean like go absolutely mental with our gym sessions like not prioritize recovery or scale back on food like miss meals skip breakfast um cut out a load of foods that you really enjoy and just become really miserable in the process because 
how like how sustainable is that at the end of the day so with um with kind of managing that yes we do need to move more and we do need to eat less but it's eat less from a calorie consumption point of view it's not eat less volume so you can go down that route by um, eating higher volume foods and if you want um I've actually got like a little pdf on this um if you want me to send it over just like what a high volume food is then just drop me a message over on my instagram at beth may fitness um, and i'll send it over to you just literally message me um and say hey can i can i grab that um high volume food guide and i'll more than happy send it over um for you and i've got loads of like little bits of info on that <laughs> so um yeah like i said from a uh, movement perspective, it's like, how can we just increase our energy expenditure without like absolutely killing ourselves in the gym? Like, yes, I think resistance training is super, super important. Um, it will build muscle. The more muscle we have on our body, the more calories calories we require. Um, so from like a metabolic point of view, it's really beneficial that we do resistance train. Um, but it's super, super important that we are also active outside of those one hour gym sessions, because if you actually sit and think for a minute, how I'm gonna have to get my calculator out because I'm rubbish at, um, mental maths. But if we say we just committed to four, um, gym sessions a week that are an hour long, and then the rest of our week is 168 hours, right? If we just take off the four hours that we are committing in the gym, that's still 164 hours um, the rest of our week where we could be doing stuff. Like that that percentage of us being in the gym is minuscule compared to what we're going to be doing outside of the gym session. So um, obviously we've got sleep and everything else and work like that um, included in those 164 hours. But there are things that we can do to just increase your movement. And like I said, it's as simple as getting up from your desk every hour, just having a little walk around your house or um, grabbing yourself a drink, like not asking your partner to go and get you a drink because you're too busy or too lazy to get up and get it yourself. Um, I use that term loosely because sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to get up. Um, I'll just ask him to get me a drink. But if you're really trying to focus on just moving more, it's like those little things that can actually help. Like even parking on the other end of the car park, like if you're at Tesco's or like wherever you do your food shop, rather than parking right outside the door, you'll notice the car park is so busy right outside the front door of Tesco's. And it's because no one can be bothered to walk. Like, why would you? You've driven to Tesco's. Why would you walk all the way over from the other side of the car park? But I always park the other side of the car park and walk myself in because it's just that extra two minutes where I'm just being that little bit more active in my day. Um, but yeah, taking the stairs instead of grabbing um, the escalator or jumping in a lift um, and yeah just going for a walk as well like people really really underestimate the power of like steps or going for a walk um when I set my clients like a step target I'll always ask them what they are currently doing like if they've got a um, activity watch then they should have a rough idea how many steps they're doing a day so if someone's working like a fairly sedentary role nine times out of ten their steps per day is between two and 4,000. Um, <clears throat> so if you're feeling like you're within that, that range, 
then just increasing it to maybe four or 5,000 and then working your way up from there. And a really good way of actually getting your steps in is just by going outside for a walk, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so I will always prescribe just trying to get out for at least 30 minutes a day. You could easily get about 3,000 steps in that time as long as you've got a bit of a pace on. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a fantastic way of just feeling better, um, kind of de-stressing from work or family life or whatever it is that's stressing you out um, and actually taking that time for yourself and people do see it as like a bit of a chore but for me personally like I think it's such a amazing opportunity for me to just switch off like I said de-stress spend a bit of time with myself um, and just do whatever I kind of want to do like that might be listen to a podcast listen to my favorite playlist um, more often than not now actually I I just walk without my earphones in because it sounds really lame, but it's actually really nice to just listen to nature. Like we never actually really just stop and take a second to appreciate the environment that we're in. Um, so yeah, getting yourself out for a walk every day, like that is monumental when it comes to chasing like a fat loss goal. And if you're not doing that already, then you definitely need to just implement that. Um, and the, I suppose the effect that you'll feel for that will just be mega. So definitely um, get yourself just moving um, and outdoors for a, a period of time. Um, and then in terms of mindset, like I, I didn't struggle with the mindset around fat loss as much as I did around like building muscle, because it can be, as long as you're in a deficit, it can be a, a slightly quicker process. If you're not seeing results, from a fat loss perspective and you're purely just relying on the scales then um it can be quite disheartening but there's there is reasons for that and if you're kind of implementing these things and you're not seeing results on the scale then you're either not in a deficit or I've actually had clients come to me and we have put them in a, around maintenance or a slight deficit and they're training um and they're training hard and they're like upping their protein and things and the scales haven't actually budged so much but over the course of a couple of months you can actually see the difference in their body composition so I really would recommend using several progress markers to make sure that you're actually taking steps in the right direction um and if you're doing all of these things and you feel like you're implementing everything and you're not actually measuring your progress, then over time, you're not really going to tell um, as to whether or not you're doing the right things or you're doing enough. Um, so like it can be a bit of a minefield from that perspective. So ways in which I would kind of recommend staying fairly level headed when going into a fat loss phase is... Um, just kind of remembering that it is a process with weight loss. Um, it's probably beneficial to use a combination, like I said, um, use a combination of progress markers. So that might be scale weight, that might be like measurements with a tape measure. Um, it might actually be like clothing sizes um, or what else could it be? Obviously, it's not a physical measure, but actually how you feel within yourself so one client of mine um she when she first started her asthma was really really poor and she even like walking up the stairs she was really struggling for breath 
And as we kind of like implemented these things, so like getting um, out for her daily walk, she was also resistance training um, and her weight was coming down. But she also noticed when she was going up the stairs, she wasn't having um, as much like she wasn't struggling as much as what she used to. Um, and for her, that was a massive progress marker. And it's not something that you can actually measure um but she could feel it within herself so if you have got these um multiple progress markers then you're much less likely to become disheartened with the scale weight because you've got other indicators that you're moving in the right direction so for example if the scale weight hasn't changed but your measurements have gone down around your waist or you are fitting into your clothes a lot better and you feel a lot better within yourself, then at the end of the day, the scales don't matter, right? Because you're actually feeling a lot better within yourself. Like the scale weight isn't a, it doesn't determine how good of a person you are or how happy you are or your general worth. Like it doesn't determine any of that. It's literally just a progress marker. And like I said, even if it's not moving, it doesn't mean that you're not making progress. It might just be that your body composition is slightly changing. So I think taking a step away from the scales being the only measure of progress is a massive thing. Um, and just actually being a little bit more subjective to that. Um, and even if the scales are moving and you feel like three weeks in, you're doing really well. And then week four comes around and all of a sudden your scale weight has gone up and you're like, what the hell? I've literally been doing everything that you told me to do. Um, then just don't panic. Like keep going with what you're doing. Don't act emotional with this. Right. Use your other progress markers that I just mentioned about. And just remember that scale weight is not a very accurate representation of everything that's going on. If you're a female, you might have your cycle soon, um, or you might be due on, and your weight is going to be increased as a result of that. You might have had a really heavy um, carbohydrate meal the night before. You might have actually forgotten to weigh yourself first thing in the morning, and all of a sudden you've weighed yourself at the end of the evening after a full belly of food. Like There's multiple reasons why you might have an increase on the scale weight. Um, so it's just worth remembering that as well um so yeah I suppose detaching from that having different progress markers um and in terms of something that I see a lot is people committing for a period of time them seeing a lot of progress and then they kind of get a bit fed up or they realize that they're not enjoying the process say for example they are like I said earlier on in this episode they're over restricting their foods they're avoiding social occasions because they don't know how to handle them or they are excessively exercising and just hating every minute of it and then all of a sudden you give up you go back to the habits that you were that you've lived by um for the last however long and you end up gaining weight again I think it's just worthwhile thinking about the process in which you went down to lose that weight in the first place it obviously wasn't sustainable you obviously weren't happy doing it um so it's worth having a look at that and being like okay um this worked really well for me but I didn't enjoy it because it stopped me from spending time with my partner we weren't able to go out on dinner dates anymore because I said I'm not allowed to so it's worth having a look at 
what it was that was bothering you in that last little phase of your weight loss journey and being like, okay, is there anything that I can do instead of that? Like, can I still lose weight and enjoy my social occasions? Can I still eat out? And the answer is yes, you can. Um, And if you've got someone who is educating you on these processes and how to eat out um, whilst like in a deficit, then you are going to realize that you can manage things like a lot better um, and you can lose weight and still live your life. Um, I was actually at Reading Festival with two of my clients this weekend and like they worked their asses off during the week um, and they had a really fun time over the weekend. There was no restriction there was no oh I can't eat that oh I can't drink this like it was a a balance of okay um this is what I've done in in order to be able to switch off this weekend and enjoy myself um I've put these I suppose um tools in place in order to go about my day and enjoy myself and have a really fucking fantastic time. Um, And they're still making progress. Like one day or one meal out is not going to ruin your progress. Like stop seeing these social occasions or takeaways as like cheat meals. And that is something else that I have a really, a real bugbear about. Um, And it's like our terminology around food. So using terms like good and bad, when it comes to food I feel like can be quite damaging and it can um cause like a bit of a poor relationship with food in general like I had a client ask me recently if she is allowed to eat carbohydrates and I went down this whole process of this like yes you can like carbohydrates have been demonized for so so long um and I know like I know why they are a very easy macronutrient to kind of restrict in order to pull back our calorie intake but we can still eat carbohydrates and lose weight it just comes down to a calorie content point of view um I have done a post on this as well so um you can check it out over on on my Instagram but um it's just that education there I think that's missing when it comes to terminology around food like food groups calories in general I think there's so much misinformation out there that it does really confuse people and it really upsets me because it doesn't have to be that difficult um so yeah just minding those those terminologies and those words that you're using so not saying I'm gonna I've been so good this week I'm gonna have a cheat meal this this Friday night and then it ends up spiraling and going like one day to the next over until Sunday and then all of a sudden you feel really shit in yourself and you feel like you failed and you feel like you're starting back at square one again, when it's just not the case, like, there's no wagon to fall off of. Um, It's just, uh, okay, I'm, I've educated myself around my calories, I know how to incorporate foods in that I would like to consume, I know how to go out and enjoy myself, I know that there are sacrifices that I have to make. um, But it depends on what your goal is, like, if And I suppose the priority of that goal as well, like if your goal is fat loss and you've got a photo shoot, for example, or a holiday, then you might kind of like taper down the takeaways and the meals out leading up to that because you want to be able to go onto that holiday or have that photo shoot and feel like you have, I suppose, not worked for it, but 
you've actually put the work in, like you feel good, you haven't restricted, you've still managed meals out, but you just maybe not been as excessive. Um, I saw this um, analogy used by um, Sophie May Fitness um, on, she did a podcast and it's like, if you were buying a house, you would, like you would um, pull back on your spending, like you would, because buying a house is a, priority and it's something that you really want to achieve right so you wouldn't buy that brand new designer handbag because you know that there's a bigger end goal to this and it would feel amazing for you to achieve this so um but you still might treat yourself to a cost of coffee you're just not buying that designer handbag um so weight loss is a little bit like that it's like we're not restricting we're not saying no we're not completely shutting ourselves out from any social occasions we're just learning how to manage it and we might just taper it down a little bit um but it's not going to be excessive you're still going to be able to enjoy yourself and you're still going to be able to make progress um and that's like at the end of the day that's why i'm so like obsessed not obsessed but so that completely contradicts what i was about to say i was about to say i'm so obsessed with balance that's not very balanced of me, but that's why I advocate balance so much because knowledge is power at the end of the day. And if you have got the knowledge, you've got the support of a coach actually teaching you, then you can have amazing results and still live your life, which is top priority from my point of view. Um, I will, I think, go into like social occasions a little bit more on another podcast, but um, I did have a couple of questions which um, I just wanted to answer. I had another one come through the other day as well, which I'll try and get up whilst I'm... Okay, sorry, I had you paused then for a substantial amount of time because the buzzer went off. Um, and yeah, I've, I think where I left off, I don't know if you could even tell that I've paused you, but where I left off was I was just about to answer some questions I had in for this podcast. So first question was um, best exercise for fat loss on the stomach. So unfortunately, we can't pinpoint where we lose fat from. We just have to lose fat overall. So if you see like these, um, I suppose, pills where it's like, oh, burn stomach fat or try this exercise to burn stomach fat, like they are literally just like calling your bluff. It's one of those, um, I can't even remember the name of them now, but it's people trying to capture your attention because they know that's what you want to do but you can you cannot pinpoint where you lose fat from um so the best thing to do is just be in a calorie deficit you can resistance train you can strengthen your core and it will tighten your um, body up but you can't be like oh i'm going to do a load of ab exercises and it's going to burn fat from my stomach like even like you know a lot of females do um have like insecurities with the back of their arms so it's like oh I'll just do tricep work um but yes you can do tricep work and build up the strength and the muscle in that area but it's not going to burn fat from that area um you need to be in a calorie deficit and just lose body fat overall um <clears throat> should you prioritize cardio or weight training um this is goal dependent so I think it's super important to have a good mixture of cardio and um, weight training in your workout routine workout structure um for me personally i do prioritize my weight training sessions so if i go into the gym and i've got to do a bit of both i do my weight training sessions first just purely because that is where i want to dedicate a lot of my energy to um so lifting heavy if you are someone that has got a more um 
cardiovascular based goal, whether it be improved endurance, like say you're going out and you're wanting to run 5k or do like marathons and things, then you might prioritize your cardio based um, workouts and then do a little bit of weight training as well. So it is goal dependent. Um, it's where you essentially want to um, give the most of your energy to in that session. But it's important to have a mixture of both. Um, so I had another question saying, is it possible that I'm not losing weight because I'm not eating enough? So this is, um, I think sometimes people who say you've got a weight loss goal and you, I might say, oh, okay, well, how much do you eat? And you think back and you think, well, I actually haven't eaten much today. Like I haven't had breakfast. I really didn't have lunch, but I did pick it a few bits. And then I had like dinner cause I was so hungry. And this kind of tends to be the case when people are fairly busy um, and they, but they might be fairly sedentary, like say having a desk job, for example. Um, and you kind of, I, I hear this a lot, I forgot to eat. Um, if you are one of these people, you might actually find that when you do eat, you're actually eating foods that are higher in calories than um, what you would if you were just having like a set structure or a set meal um because like have you ever been shopping essentially when you've been like starving hungry and you just pick up all the highly palatable foods like biscuits cakes chocolates because they're the things that your body wants because it's like oh my god I'm so hungry these are quick and easy these are what I want to eat um it's a little bit like that um when it comes to like maybe I don't know skipping breakfast or not on purpose but like you might be skipping breakfast and maybe not having a lot for lunch but the things that you do have for lunch might be say I don't know um sausage rolls and crisps and things like that things that are high in calories but aren't overly um overly filling so you might actually be like oh I'm not eating a lot so why am I gaining weight and it's like well from a volume perspective no you might not be eating a lot but from a calorie perspective you probably are and pair that with the fact that you might not be very active then that could easily be why you're not losing weight um so it's not a case of the fact that you're not eating enough I think it could potentially and obviously this is me just speculating I don't know the full ins and outs um or I don't know your lifestyle etc but it could be the fact that the foods that you're eating when you are eating are not very nutritious so you're picking it a lot more um and they might be higher in calories than like a regular high protein meal that's got a lot of fruit and veg in or do you see what I'm saying so um it could just be that I don't it's not the fact that your metabolism's broken um like I say I'm just generalizing here I don't know the full story but um this is something that I come across quite a lot where people are like oh but I don't really feel like I've eaten that much and it's like well no you haven't from a volume perspective but the food the food choices that you are making are not filling therefore you're picking it more and you're over consuming on highly palatable but um low nutrient dense foods see what I'm saying um I did have another one um so how do you stop binge eating when you've had a bad day um so what I would say again I don't know the whole story behind this um but I think binge eating for some people is very like different like I hear a lot um oh I, I binged over the weekend or um 
yeah, I sat down last night and had a binge, but binge eating is a very real um, eating disorder. And it's not always what people kind of think that it is. And like I used to say all the time, I was like, oh yeah, I, I binged on a chocolate orange last night. And it's like, in reality, that is not binging. So if you are someone who suspects that you have got a binge eating disorder, then um, I can't advise on that. I'm not, um, I don't specialize in eating disorders and I can't give advice. Um, and if you feel like you potentially have got a binge eating disorder, I'm more than happy to just have a chat with you and um, maybe signpost you in the right direction. However, if you have got a binge eating disorder, you it's not as simple as I'm just going to stop. It's okay. We need to get some like actual support with this area and figure out the underpinning, um, I suppose, compulsion to binge. If you're someone who loosely uses the term, oh, I binged, I binged last night, I had a packet of crisps and a chocolate bar. And that's what your, your version of binging is. Um, and it's just it's not like it's not an eating disorder then what I would what I would try and remember is the reason why you are losing weight or the reason why you have got this um, goal of weight loss is it um, is it going to be beneficial for you to kind of continue on like picking at things overeating um because you're in a bit of a bad mood is that gonna serve you in the long run like is what you're doing now gonna help you in the future or is it just setting you back and it's really worth having that conversation with yourself like um what is what why am I doing this like what is it that I'm aiming towards what's happened for me today to feel like I just can't be bothered to have a proper dinner I'm just gonna snack on a load of crap um and actually being like, okay, what's important here? Like, how can I be put my best foot forward? Um, and I, I feel like this, again, kind of comes back to like the terminology, what I was talking about earlier with like good and bad food, like binging, cheating on my diet. Like, it's like, just because you've had maybe a meal where you've potentially overindulged a little bit, that doesn't mean that all your progress has gone out the window. The thing that makes your progress go out the window is you continuing down that path and allowing yourself because you think that you fucked it when in reality you haven't fucked it you've just had a moment where you kind of were acting in a way that didn't align with what you want to achieve and as soon as you kind of focus on that and reset and think okay this is what I need to do like I need to get back to normal I need to crack on with what I'm doing I need to choose um nutritious meals because that aligns with my goals at the minute then you need to kind of crack on with that um, and not allow yourself and feel sorry for yourself and be like, oh, well, I've had a bad day. Like you're kind of better off just pushing past that. Like, yeah, if you've had a bad day, like obviously I don't know um, what has kind of happened and it might be that you just need to speak to someone about it and um, I suppose mull those emotions over as opposed to turning for like turning to food for like a comfort so um I'm hoping that's answered your question but I just wanted to clear up like because there is and I've like I said I've used it myself I'm like oh yeah I binged on I binged on a load of chocolate last night but binging is actually a very um it, it's a very serious thing that 
a lot of people do struggle with. Um, and I think sometimes we get confused as to what binging actually is. Um, so yeah, if, like I said, if it's just the fact that you're kind of over consuming and you're overeating because you kind of are tired or, uh, like you said, you've had a bad day, it's, it's kind of stripping things back and being like, right, why am I doing this? Is the action that I'm taking right now aligned with where I want to be in the future? If it isn't, then you need to kind of like cut the crap and be like, no, do you know what? I'm better than this. I'm stronger than this. I can move forward. Yeah, I've had a bad day. I'll kind of like speak about that with whoever you kind of trust and move forward as opposed to self-sabotaging in that moment. And if it is like a binge eating disorder um, and if you suspect that you have got some sort of binge eating tendencies that are affecting your day-to-day -day life, then it is something that you could benefit from speaking to a professional about. Um, but like I said, I'm more than happy to signpost um, and just have a chat with you. It's not, it's just not something I can actually advise on um, because it's out of my scope of practice. But um, hopefully that has answered your questions. Um, and thank you for tuning in. I know this has been a very chaotic episode and it hasn't been perfect, but in reality, my life is not perfect. I am not perfect. Um, it's chaos at the minute, but um, we've been there. We've we've kind of got it done um, and hopefully you have found it somewhat insightful. Um, thank you for tuning in. As always, fire over any questions onto my Instagram at Beth May Fitness. Um, and I hope to see you at the next one.